Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Um, But LifeScape uh, is an interesting one because as I look back on my LifeScape, um, I see like a roller coaster. (laughs) When I look back in my life, I see like the Pepsi Max of life. I I see the highs, I see the lows, the very lows, I see the hills, I see the, the, the places where I've kind of made a bit of a detour and then I've come back again. I see mountains, I see valleys, I see desert places, I see places that flourish. And that's what I see when I look back on the landscape of my life. And to be honest with you, that's probably what you see too. Interestingly enough, we were at, um, on Thursday with the worship team um, writing songs. So hmm, be ready for that one. But someone had, dro- had written landscape and then they'd drawn a picture underneath and, and it was mountains and valleys. And I thought, well, wow, that's what I see as well. And I think for all of us that have lived a bit, even if you're young in this place today, you will understand that it, life really is the, the roller coaster, isn't it? It really is full of highs and lows and twists and turns. And so that's what I see as I look behind me. But you know what? When I, when I look before me at my lifescape, I see exactly the same thing. <laughs> I see a roller coaster ahead of me. I don't know whether I'm pessimistic or what. But I see hills. I see valleys. I see twists and I see turns. I see peaks and troughs. And I know because my life is definitely not going to be just one smooth ride, I know that there's going to be challenges because that's what life is about, right? Um, Life throws up some incredible challenges before us. And so when I look at my lifescape ahead of me, I know that probably it's going to look very similar to what I've been through. Now, don't get all depressed on me because I have an answer for you. All right, so I'd like you to turn to Romans again. This is where we've been um, basing our lifescape series was from Romans 12 and now Romans 8. And I want you to turn to verse 24, because here lies the answer. See, we've got to get through that lifescape. And this is what it says. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And to navigate this lifescape that we have in front of us, we must have Hope. Hope is the answer for us to get through the peaks and the troughs and the the mountains and the valleys because if you don't have hope, then actually you've you've got no life. Because when you have hope, hope is something that gives you energy. 
Hope is something that gives you a focus. It enables you to persevere. It enables you to endure. Hope is the most amazing thing. And that's why the Bible says there's no point in hoping for something you've already received. It's a little bit like Christmas, you know. The the build-up to Christmas for me is so exciting. And the hope for Christmas. But then when Christmas comes, well, just Christmas comes. Not that it's not exciting, but you don't hope for it once it's there, do you? And you watch the little kids and they're so excited. And then within the sort of first few hours of Christmas morning, it's over for them. They've had their presents. (laughs) But they've hoped for months. And it's a bit like that. It's it's a hope that's not in the the unseen, not the seen. And that's the hope that we need because Christ is our hope and Christ is the one who is going to get us through our lifescape that is panning out in front of us. Heaven is our hope. That is the place, that is our destination, that is our focus. When we walk into heaven's gates, we hold up our adoption certificate that is the blood of Jesus and we have the name which shows we are co-heirs written across our hearts. We will stand in heaven, we will be in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever. The one we have loved, the one we have adored, the one we have worshipped, the one we have lived for, she's taking a picture the one we have lived for will be our reward will be our prize and forever we will sing his praises to me that is a hope that cannot die a hope in Jesus Christ is the very thing that keeps us alive on the inside because the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick and when you don't have hope you feel sick you die within But you can't just get hope. You know, we can believe in things around us and and possibly our hope will be deferred. It will be put off. But with Christ, there is a consistency and there is a solid and there's a faithfulness that says hope will always remain. Mm -hmm. There's a beautiful verse in Matthew that says, in his name, nations will put their hope. Because mankind is looking for that kind of hope. It's not a small hope. It's not a pathetic hope. It is a most incredible hope that charges our life with energy, perseverance and endurance that will get us through the mountains and the valleys and the crooked places. This is the kind of hope. And if you're sitting here today and you're feeling so deflated in your heart because the hope is not there anymore, then you need to turn your heart to Christ and turn to that hope that only he can give. Because hope brings forth faith. Let me try that again. Hope brings forth faith. Faith is the mother of hope. And when we hope, we can get faith. Because our heart has come alive and energized in Christ so that our faith can ride off the back of it. So if you're needing faith this morning and you're struggling to get faith, first you've got to hope. But you see, hope doesn't disappoint when it's a hope in Christ. Because Christ does not disappoint. He cannot fail us. He cannot. And so faith... Or uh, hope also anchors your heart. The Bible says that hope is an anchor for the soul. You see, if you don't have hope, you find that your emotions are all over the place. You're all over the place. You wake up and you think, why am I all over the place? It's because, especially if we're women. But 
If you wake up, uh, you, if you have hope, you can anchor your soul into that hope, mm, yes. the presence beyond the veil. And it's a, such a powerful thing that if you're even looking out and you're like, how is my life going to pan out? You need hope. And you need that reward of heaven in your heart that will keep you stepping forward through the lifescape of your life. Amen? So we must remember that this is not a hope that is seen. This is a hope that is unseen. It is a hope that is alive in us, keeping our heart anchored into Christ and into, the, into eternity in his presence. Dreams are kept alive by hope. Now let's read on verse 26, same chapter. So remember your destination. Remember Christ being your hope. And it says in verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And this is the most wonderful thing. Not only do we have a hope, but we are never alone. Just amazing. Jesus said, I have to go now, but I send a helper. And that is the Holy Spirit. And that's what I've entitled this message, We're Never Alone. Never Alone. I was going to entitle it, entitle it, You'll Never Walk Alone, but I knew you would start singing a song in the back of your head. <laughs> and then I've just lost you from there on. But I've probably lost you now. But we have a helper who is continually interceding on our behalf, who helps us in our weakness. How incredible that we will never walk alone. We've given our lives to Christ. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We have him helping and interceding for us. How can we ever feel alone? But we often feel alone. And the reason we, don't, we feel alone is because we don't make ourselves aware of him. We don't make ourselves aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit who is continually working on our behalf. You know, it's a little bit like you get to the end of March, at the end of the financial year, and you think, oh my goodness, I've got to hand the books in now. <laughs> and you suddenly realise you've not, you've not done anything about it. I mean, has anyone ever been there? Mad panic or what? And so, I've got a lot of nodding going on. <laughs> Um, but so, so you know you've got to hand it in. But then you find out that somebody behind the scenes has been putting all the ins and outs into your accounts, has been balancing your books, and not only that, has reconciled them and they're ready to be handed in. That's how the Holy Spirit is working all the time on our behalf, helping us daily and reconciling us and bringing us to a place where he is just... Uh, helping and interceding on our behalf, working when we don't even know he's working. And that's the incredible thing because we can make ourselves aware of the Holy Spirit. But I can tell you, I can look back on my lifescape and I can honestly say to you sometimes, I didn't know where he was because I never made myself aware. 
And there have been times in my lifescape as I look back that I just did not understand what he was doing. I said to Kevin the other day, I said, the times in which we have gone through stuff and even in our own hearts we thought, you know what, this is a faith step or, or this is, I think this is what we should be doing. Or maybe we've even said, I think this is what God is wanting us to do. And then it's like something just hits the fan. <laughs> not saying what that is right now but it's not nice <laughs> and, and, and all hell breaks loose and you think God I do not know where you are or what you are doing in this situation I am told there have been times in which we have with all of our heart tried to do the best thing and we have walked this path together and I look back and I, now I see where he was. Yeah. Now I see what he was doing. Now I know that he rescued us from calamity. Yes, a little bit of calamity may have come our way. But he saved us from a greater calamity than what we could have known. And ultimately, I should have trusted him, whatever. We've had so many things like that happen in our life. But now, looking at it now, I look and I see, God, you were with us. We were never alone. You saved me. This might have been awkward. This might have been bad. This might have been hard. But I tell you what, you made it better. You actually, uh, you were there even though I didn't know you were there. And so, you know, it's not, we can't blame God. We just have to trust him that he is with us and he has a better way. Or he has a way of leading us out. He has a way of fulfilling that thing. And there are many questions that come up around those times. But he is our hope. Christ is our hope and our reward. So friends, as we step forward into this lifescape that we have, in front of us. We need to open our hearts and prepare the way of the Lord. Because we can, if we can turn our hearts to his ever faithful presence, his ever faithful guidance, his ever faithful knowing of what we need of before we ask. If we ever Every day, daily turn our hearts to God and open up our hearts. He will prepare a way. You know, religion is a faith of the tongue, not a faith of the heart. And we are in a relationship. So it is a faith of the heart that we step out in the hope that we have. That's the difference for your faith today. And so I want you to turn to Isaiah 40. And it's the prophetic word of, oh, what's his name? The prophetic word of, oh my goodness, what's his name? Prepare the way of the Lord. John, John, there we go. It's a prophetic word saying John will come. 
and he will prepare the way of the Messiah. Do you know, I had so many strange names going through my head. <laughs> I'm not even going to start to tell you. think I'm on something. <laughs> and, and this is the prophetic word that John will come and he will prepare the way for the Messiah. And uh, we join it in verse 3 and it says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Oh, I feel like I'm prophesying right now. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Oh, let's all say amen together. Yeah, that was good, that. And as we turn our hearts, he is able to bring us to the will of the Father because even in the wilderness, he is with you. You can build a highway for him to walk on with the Holy Spirit that enables your wasteland to flourish. And we, in our hearts, prepare a way of the Lord. And we have to allow him to prepare that way. We have to prepare our hearts to allow him to walk on the highway of our, of our lifescape. You see, as you look out at your lifescape, st- life there is a highway of the Lord. How amazing. Planned before you were even born. Isn't that incredible? Don't you just feel so loved from that very one thing? Incredible. And so we need to respond and, and allow him to work in our lives to create that highway for him to walk upon. And it says to exalt, every valley shall be exalted. And in our hearts we need to respond so that the valleys in our lives will be lifted up, will be exalted. Now the valleys in our lives can be many things. And as I look at my, behind me, I see valleys. The valleys can be times of pain, hurt, situations and circumstances that have just blown a crater in our heart. Broken relationships, things people have said that has just Boom! And all of a sudden, your landscape changed because now there's a big valley. Now there's a crater to negotiate through. Disappointment can be a valley in our life. That's one of the hardest things to deal with is disappointment. You know why? Because there's no hope. And so if you're disappointed, and one of the hardest things, hardest things is when you're disappointed in yourself. But you have to put your hope back in Christ yeah. that the work that he's doing in you yeah. is beautiful and perfect mm. and his will. Mm. But there are valleys in our lives that can be so painful, situations and circumstances, things that have happened to us, things people have said to us, the heartache of those things in our lives. And do you know what? When we look back, what can happen is we can look forward and see the same valley. You know why? Because we press rewind to repeat. Because that valley that was created, somehow we take it into our future and our lifescape of our future. 
because unforgiveness lies in our heart. Or the pain and the agony is still there and still causes us to walk through that valley again. But it says in Psalms 84, in verse 5, it says this, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, which means the valley of weeping or tears, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. (laughs) Amazing. And you know, this is written because God's people used to pass through the valley of Baca on their pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And it was a dry valley, arid, but there was balsam trees within the, the valley. And the balsam trees would cry tears of balsam. And it was called the Valley of Baca. But it's also a place of hardship, a place that's so dry, a place where difficult to pass through. But you know the difference that they would have passed through But the difference comes when you start camping in your valley. They used to pass through. And friend, you can't afford to camp in your valley. You need to pass through. Because your valley can be turned to a valley of blessing. That, That word pools means blessing. You can go from strength to strength as you turn your heart to God and you let the very things go that have caused that valley in the first place. And that valley then gets exalted and becomes a place of blessing because you have learnt, you have grown, you have forgiven, you have released and you have moved on and now you have the glory of God working in your life. It's one of the hardest things to let go. I have had quite a year of letting go. I, if, if, if the Queen called one year Anna, Anna, Annis Horribilis, <laughs> and the Chinese say this is the year of the rat or whatever, <laughs> my year is the year of the heart. Because between me and God, we've, we've done so much surgery on my heart this year. Because I have had to work on my heart. Because I know that if I don't deal with that valley... I will have to pass through it again. And friends, we can't keep passing through the same valley. We have to move on. We have to get out of that lifescape and into what God has for us. But you know what? We are never alone. He is with us in the valley, turning the valley of weeping into a valley of blessing. He is the one that gives you the strength to get all the way through it. And then he exalts that valley so the highway of the Lord can go upon that place in which was scarred and broken. God is enabling you to let it go. And I want to say to you today that forgiveness is a process, but you have to determine to go through that process. You have to determine in your heart with the help of the Holy Spirit. You see, it says he helps us in our weakness. Mm -hmm. Can I say to you, it's okay to be weak? Mm -hmm. 
Because in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. And his grace is added to you. How beautiful that we don't have to be strong all the time. But we don't want to camp in that weakness. We want to go from strength to strength. And I counsel you today that that valley in your heart you have to give over to the Holy Spirit who walks with you every day and is interceding for you every day and allow him so you don't press, rewind and repeat, but move on. Amen? Amen? Every mountain will be brought low. Now, I don't believe that this mountain is a mountain of the Lord. Because I don't believe a mountain of the Lord should be brought low. (laughs) Who will ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who will stand in the holy place? The mountain is a high place of praise. It's a place to be desired. It's a place to experience. It's a place to stand and have the greatest time of your life. It's the most amazing thing to stand on the mountain of the Lord, worship him and make it a high place of praise. So this scripture is definitely not talking about the mountain of the Lord. Do you know, but the Bible talks a lot about the the mountains that are obstacles in our way. He says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can cast this mountain into the sea. Now then, If it is the enemy that is standing in your way, that's easy. Because the name of Jesus has the most power and cannot argue with principalities and powers. If it is a mountain that is a principality and power, you can command that thing to be moved and it will move out the way. I don't think we should have a mindset that the name of Jesus is not enough to cast away a mountain that is a principality in power. Come on, change your thinking. But you know what? I have stood in front of an overpowering mountain in my heart or in, in front of me. And I have bound that thing. I've cast it into the sea a hundred times. I've cursed that thing. Man, I've even kicked that thing. And if a prophetic dance would have done, I would have done that in front of that thing too. No, I'm not going to do a prophetic dance. And that thing, like a disobedient dog, sits there and stares at me. This thing looming over me and I'm going, I bind you, I curse you, I remove you, I do this, I do that. And And still stares there, sits there staring at me. Do you know what I've learnt? Took a few years. (laughs) I've learnt that mountain in front of me is my own pride and has stopped me moving forward because of my own opinion, because I think best, because I'm the one who knows better. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just loomed over me, and it is not until 
I have humbled myself before God with the revelation that I have created a peak as high as Everest (laughs) over the knowledge of Christ. Who am I to create such a mountain and exalt it higher than the knowledge of Christ? Who am I to say that I know better than God? Who am I to say my will is so superior to the will of God? And so I have learnt, because God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, that to humble yourself, fall down on your knees and say, I am so sorry that I have let pride into my heart. I am so sorry, God, and in my weakness, his strength is made perfect and grace comes in like in a flood and before my very eyes, that mountain is brought low and I can carry on walking. Pride is pride's the very thing that Satan fell on. And we all have it in our hearts. We are all capable of being proud. And you know what? We need to allow God to search our hearts. But I guarantee to you today, if that mountain ain't moving, it's your pride. Don't you just love it? (laughs) But all you need to do is humble yourself before God. And then you can get on with walking the highway of the Lord. It's amazing, isn't it? The next thing it says, that the crooked places be made straight. Have you ever noticed that that which you um, look at, you end up walking towards? You know, you could be walking down the high street. Now, this happens to me often. I'm I'm walking down the high street, but I see a a great item of clothing. (laughs) And somehow, I don't know how it happens, but somehow... If Andy is that item of clothing, I just find myself (laughs) moving towards it. And so it is, you know, with the crooked places of our heart. We veer off because we get distracted. You know what? We end up going a crooked path because we've taken a detour. We lose focus. We let habits come into our lives, patterns, behavioral patterns that actually cause our faith to wane because we've gone on a wandering. And we've wandered and caused a bend in the path, a crooked place. But Proverbs 3 says this, in verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. And if all we need to do, if we've gone on off on a wandering, we do need to know that the Holy Spirit came with us. So he can help us back. And all we need to do is lean into him, not on our own understanding, but trust God and lean back on him, keeping our focus on Christ, our hope, keeping our focus on eternity, And start to lean into him because as he is interceding the will of the Father for our lives, so we will find 
that we will start to get back onto the right path. And if you found yourself wandering, even if you feel yourself backslidden in your heart, I want to say to you, the Holy Spirit's with you. In your weakness, he is helping you right now. And he will guide you back to the right path, the highway of our God. Have you ever been, I said to Kevin, have you ever experienced the long stare? If you've been uh, going off in a daydream, have you ever done this? Kevin said he's never has. But you know when you stare and you're not really looking at anything, but you're daydreaming and then you are fixed on this stare. And I said to Kevin, I get in a stare and I can't get out of it. (laughs) And I'm staring in this stare like this. And I want to get out of the stair. I'm not actually blinking. I'm blinking now, but I'm not actually blinking. And I want to get out in the stair. Am I the only one? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'll stroke myself to feel better. <laughs> but I'm in this stair, and it's like, I can't move my eyes. It's all consuming. And I can hear Kevin in the back, Sweet, sweetheart, hello? Um, hey and and I can't pull myself back but it's only the persistence of whoever is trying to get your attention that you end up pulling yourself back it's like oh oh hi (laughs) do you know the Holy Spirit the whole time is doing that for us we get locked into a stare and we can't pull ourselves back but you will hear him go hey hi (laughs) hey And you will come back. I just want to finish on this. He makes the rough places smooth. Have you ever seen the skiers? That's crazy, right? But they go down this, it's it's competitive. And they go down these bumps. They're called moguls, right? And have you ever seen them competing? And they get on their skis. They've had skis, I'll show you. And, And they are going over these ridiculous bumps, really small bumps, lots of them, and their their knees are right, like coming up to their chin. <laughs> it's the most incredible thing to see. I, I googled it yesterday because it's amazing and they're just like, you know, but, but the ta- they're taking all the impact into their body. So they're going over and this bit isn't really moving, but the I can't do it, but the knees are coming up like like this. But ultimately, you can't do that for very long before you get a crash or you fall. And and there's a lot of uh, falls and crashes. But incredible. But they take this, they take through their legs, they take all the impact. But ultimately, you just can't carry on like that. Well, your brain would be shaken up for a start. But it's like the things in our life, the, the, the little sins... That, that they're like little rocks in front of us. They're like little hole, uh, mount, mounds in front of us. And, and you can go over, but you're taking all the impact into your body. And you can't go on for very long like that because in the end you fall. In the end you crash. The things that slip off our tongue end up as a rock at our feet waiting to trip us up. Or worse still, things that we say about other people roll off the end of our tongue and end up a rock at their feet and we trip them up. 
You see, it's all these little things, the outbursts of anger, the attitudes, the opinions, the things that, that, that might look quite small. But you know what? They'll end up, we'll end up crashing if we don't deal with them. But through our weakness, he is helping us. And friends, as we daily take up our cross, we say, God, search my heart because I know that there are things that are in front of me that I need to repent of. There are things that I need so that you can clear a smooth path in front of me. There are, we, we curse all the time, friends. You might think you don't, but you do. You curse yourself, you curse others, you curse the things around you, and they are rocks under your feet waiting to trip you up. And there are so many things in our life that cause just that, those rocks to be. But hey, how about daily we say, come on God, search my heart. Is there anything I need to turn over to you today? We think maybe that we give our lives to Christ and that's it. I've said sorry, I've moved on from there. But no, come on friends, that's, that's not it, is it? It's about coming daily and allowing the Holy Spirit to help us. It's creating that highway for our God because every valley will be exalted. Every mountain will be brought low. Every crooked place will be made straight and every rough place will be made smooth because you are never alone. The Holy Spirit is with you and you need to allow him to work on your heart. Prepare the way of the Lord for a highway is going to be built through your lifescape. A highway of the Lord that will take you right into the will of the Father. That will take you right into the gates of heaven where you spend eternity praising him because you walked upon the highway of the Lord right into his arms. I want to say to you today, you are never alone. The Holy Spirit is helping you. Last scripture that they don't have on here because it's a new, a different version. But Psalm 37 says, even if he trips, he will not fall headlong. For the Lord will hold up his hand. (laughs) What strength I have, dear. The Lord will hold up his hand. Come on, friends. You will not crash and burn because the Lord will hold up your hand. Wherever your faith is right, wherever it is right now, wherever you are at right now, you could be walking through a valley of tears. You could be standing in front of a mountain that needs to be brought low. You may have wandered off, but I tell you, you may be in a like a skier going through the moguls but I tell you he will lift you up with his hand if you allow him to and hand in hand you will walk through the lifescape of life and you will bring glory to God and the Bible says that all flesh will see it and be amazed at the glory of God. This is your life friend, I feel like having a red book but this is your life this is your life Take it seriously into your heart this morning that you are not alone. Make yourself aware of the Holy Spirit. Know that in your weakness, He is interceding for you. He is causing strength to come.
come upon you. Grace is lifting up your feet. Grace is strengthening your heart. And a hope is energizing you to the end goal, which is heaven itself. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.